Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Deuteronomy. The Lord said to Moses, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old and he died. His sight was unimpaired, and his vigor was not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his eyes on him, and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Ever since he has been, Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and his servants to his entire land, and for all the mighty deeds and terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. A reading from the 22nd chapter of Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that he had silent the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, Which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This was the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. On April 3rd, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was preaching to a group of sanitation workers who were on strike in Tennessee. The title of his message that day was, I've Been to the Mountaintop. And you might recognize some of the references as they are connected to this Deuteronomy reading that Lauren just shared with us about Moses and the promised land. And the way that Martin Luther King Jr. ended his sermon was with this thought. He said, look, I don't know what's going to happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop, and I don't mind. Like anybody, I'd love to live a long life, and longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know that tonight, that we as a people, we will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the coming, the glory of the coming of the Lord. Reverend King had seen what that promised land could look like, but he realized he wasn't likely to get there with his people. Yet he remained optimistic, and he 
had this belief deep down that humanity, humanity would get there. And he wasn't afraid. He wasn't worried. His words, however, became very prophetic because the very next evening, while standing on his hotel balcony, he was assassinated. I think about where we are today with regards to what Martin Luther King Jr. had when he spoke of his dreams. In his I Have a Dream speech, he dreamed that all men, all people would be created equal, that we would be a nation where children, his children wouldn't be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. He had a dream that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. And while King is right that he didn't get to see the promised land, we as the people have entered a place that King could only have dreamed of. It's not perfect, yet we continue to make strides towards equality, towards inclusion, towards being able to see each other for our humanity. And really, as I'm thinking about our confirmation students, that's what we strive for for you. As the church, we are calling for you to help to defend those basic human rights for all of humankind and to do it guided by our faith, to remember the principles that we've been learning about and then to know that you've got someone that you can always turn to. Here at Faith, one of the guiding tenets behind our mission is Matthew 22. And that was the gospel Lauren read, was thinking about how Jesus was going to respond to this question when put to the test by a lawyer. And so Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And then he adds that to love God, to actually love our God, to actually do that thing that we just said that we were going to do, we can't do that without loving our neighbor in return. This law has deep power in our lives. It's a commandment that was spoken by Moses before the people entered the promised land. And they hadn't had an easy journey. There had been moments where people had turned their back and people had kind of forsaken God along the way. Yet Moses continued to point the people towards God, towards, towards the Lord. And he said that the most important thing that they could do was to love God. We have this pivot moment in the reading where all of a sudden Joshua enters the picture because Moses won't be entering the promised land. Moses knows he can't go in there, but Joshua has been prepared to lead the way. He's been prepared and trained by Moses. He's been shown what his faith in God was all about. When others had turned their backs, Joshua was steadfast in his trust. Moses laid his hands on him and blessed him and said, you're ready to go, much like what we just witnessed here a few minutes ago with the affirmation of baptism for you. There was a line in here that talked about the blessing. And it sounds very similar to this command of stir up in each confirmand the gift of your Holy Spirit, the, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence both now and forever. This is what Moses does for Joshua. He calls him and says, it's time for you to lead. It's time for you to take on this mission that the, God, that the Lord is, is imparting upon you, to take you into this new land. And so he brings a, this new voice, Joshua does. He's following a legendary figure, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ability to go forth and lead. He might have felt intimidated or scared, but he receives a command from the Lord. The Lord tells him this, I command you to be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened or dismayed because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If there's anything I want you to remember as you leave this place today, it's that the Lord goes with you wherever you go. 
but you're not alone. You've got people around you who are encouraging you and supporting you. So in those times of struggles or in those times of joy, you have people to celebrate with and people to lament with. And in those times where, you, where you're alone, that you can lift that up in prayer. And so how about us? How are we to be strong and courageous as we move into whatever happens next? You know, the church certainly is a place where we're encouraging you to get uh, experience getting involved with, with your faith and understanding how to, to serve. You could argue that the church and the promised land concept is something that the roles and purposes of the church have perhaps changed over time. It's different than previous generations. While you're at uh, lunch today or with your family, you might ask questions of like, what was confirmation like uh, for your parents or grandparents? What was that experience like? How have they seen the role of the church change? And some of it's good and some of it's bad, but it's all different. We need to consider how God is calling us to lead in this different time. You see, God is calling each of us, like God called Joshua, to lead with strength and with courage. So how do we do that in a time when we might have some excuses? Like, you know, the world's changed since COVID. There's so much violence in this world and in our own country. We might think that people are arguing too much about everything. So what do we do when we can't always agree on everything? I think it's in times like these where, for me, it's been important to lean into other leaders to gain their insights and to gain their wisdom, to think of the mentors and guides that I've had and the ways that they've encouraged me. Uh, one of those leaders is a professor at Luther Seminary, Dwight Shiley, who was someone who helped me understand how God's calling us out into the world. So this is something that I feel is important as I've been teaching confirmation for these past few years with these students is to think about how God's calling us into the world. And so his advice was this. He said, we need to rediscover and reclaim the simple practices that Christians have always done. It's prayer and scripture and service, reconciliation. It's Sabbath, you know, rest. It's hospitality. And we make these things the center of our congregational life. Those are the disciplines that must be expressed in forms that ordinary members can practice in our daily lives throughout the week as they're discerning and joining God, leading in their neighborhoods and spheres of influence. Students, this is you. This is what we're talking about. This is what we've been preparing you to be able to go out into the world and to do. It's the thing that we lean in heavily when we think about how we pray for each other, how your group has been able to bond over these last three years. This is something to carry with you into the next steps in your lives. It was something that was abundantly clear in that video service was something that each of you resonated with that was the comment that you all loved feed my starving children or grandma's attic or even giving out candy even if you're dressed as a cow you know this is the thing where trunk or treat was a way to be able to do some service i think about how living out those dreams of the prophets and leaders who've gone before us you know the the moses or the martin luther king juniors they also abided in their steadfast faith and so we turn to the word of Christ, that word that told us to love our God, to remember that first commandment, that we're to love our neighbor. And how can we love our neighbor if we're not able to truly see and love and recognize our neighbor, even when they're different from us? How can we say that we're devoted followers of Christ if the first thing that people see when they see us is judgment or fear or selfishness? Be bold when you go out into this world. Reclaim these simple practices. Because it might mean that you'll have to stand up for others that the world has turned their back on. So don't be afraid. 
love each other anyway. Be strong and courageous and know that as we are in this promised land, Jesus Christ is there right beside us wherever we go. Amen. Amen.